shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Understand the Lord. Understanding. Understand the Lord. Father Lord, help us in the name of Jesus. Amen. That we understand all that you want us to know today in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, Heavenly Father, I can your glory. We trust your word. We trust your power. We trust your grace. Father, in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. We ask in the name of Jesus Amen. that you open up our heart this evening. Amen. That we will listen to all you have to say. Amen. And you will bless us mightily. Lord. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I ask me. That you help me, Lord, to speak forth life in the name of Jesus. But I submit my heart to you, Lord. Help me to speak forth grace to your people in Jesus' name. But I help me, Lord. Help me. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, You're welcome to Life Meeting again. Those online, you're welcome. You're welcome, everybody. um, I hope you guys are not overwhelmed by what is going on in the world right now, even the election and everything. Uh, God is faithful. Wherever God wants to happen, we happen. Yes. Uh, wherever God happens, the Lord permitted it. Yes. So there's nothing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter how much people go in different ways to achieve their aims, if God doesn't want it to happen, it will not happen. Praise God. Praise God. So, uh, thank God. Thank God. We thank God. We thank God for His grace. Thank God for His um, understanding. Father, I thank you for the peace you have given us. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Uh, We'll go on from what we were teaching last week. Uh, We were teaching about peace, Mm -hmm. but uh, we emphasized on the area of understanding Mm -hmm. that um, every human being runs his life by an understanding. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Ah, my sister, sit upright. <laughs> sit upright, sit upright. <laughs> that position. <laughs> that position is uh, is for Jonah. <laughs> it belongs to Jonah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise of the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, that every human being runs his life by an understanding. Mm-hmm. And when God wants to um, take over a man, or when God wants to heal a man, he, what God comes to deal with is a man's understanding. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. So when God wants to help a man, it comes to take understanding that he has away from him mm-hmm. for him to take another understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many of us know that eternal life himself mm-hmm. is an understanding? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Um, the reason why eternal life can operate the way he's operating is because eternal life is an understanding. Mm-hmm. So if eternal life is an understanding, praise God. Mm-hmm. If eternal life is an understanding, then... Um, it is run by knowledge. Mm-hmm. 
Praise God. Mm-hmm. So eternal life, you can't say you have eternal life or you have laid hold on eternal life without an understanding. Without an understanding. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what the 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 energy that runs eternal life is an understanding, a mm-hmm. knowledge. Okay, Praise God. So um like we always say, we'll say there's no way what actually runs God's decision is a law that is made up of a body of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So if God wants to make a decision, it's because he knows something. If the reason why God can judge the way he judges is because he has a knowledge. Mm-hmm. Praise God. That man does not have. And the reason why, the way he wants to raise man is a man should have the knowledge that he has mm-hmm. so that man can make the decisions the way he makes decisions. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So our solution is we come into an understanding that we don't have. Yes. For us to for us to have the understanding that God wants us to have, we must let go of our understanding. Praise God. So that was where we were last week. We understood, we actually emphasized on the fact that um, there's a wisdom called the earthly wisdom or the wisdom of this world. Mm-hmm. So definitely, if there's a wisdom of this world, then there should be a wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. The wisdom of this world is the wisdom that the world used to run their life. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Uh, we talked about um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, if it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil, that means the tree was going. To, what the tree was going to give you is a knowledge. Yeah. So, the reason why the tree can control our life is because it has given us a knowledge. Mm-hmm. So, that knowledge is what it uses to control our life. Mm-hmm. That knowledge is what it uses to build image in front of us, our imaginations, our thoughts, our ambitions, the things that we think in our mind. The, the generator of that, those thoughts is the knowledge that has been put inside us. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So, if a man does not have knowledge, then he cannot make decisions. Or he cannot live. If a man has knowledge, then he can live. So, when they say a man is living, a man is living by knowledge. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Or so, an understanding. Yeah. Or a revelation. Or, better still, a wisdom. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Um, so, the solution to a man's problem when God wants to help a man, he saves him from what he knows. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So there's a reason why I behave the way I behave. I behave the way I behave because of what I know. Mm-hmm. For me to behave otherwise, you have to come and make me know something else. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4. And we'll just run the thing from there. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, King of Glory. Thank you, Lord, for your knowledge this evening. Father, help my mouth with utterance in the name of Jesus. Father, let your spirit rest upon me that I will preach life in the name of Jesus. I will not struggle here. I will find flow in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, I can go glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll start from verse 1. Hear ye children, the instruction of a father. I mean, Proverbs chapter 4, I'm starting from verse 1. Hear ye children, the instruction of what? A father, and attend to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine, for ye sake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and holy beloved in the sight of my mother. He taught me also and said unto me, Let thy heart attain my word, retain my word. Keep my commandment and leave. Get wisdom. 
get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Praise God. This is wisdom talking. Praise God. Now, wisdom is what we use to come into knowledge. Like when I say knowledge, I'm talking about for a man to be able to live, he has to have a knowledge. Mm-hmm. But what we use to excavate knowledge is actually wisdom. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. When God wants to give a man knowledge, he first gives him wisdom. wisdom. He now uses that wisdom to start excavating the real knowledge. Praise God. Mm-hmm. So if you see the seven spirit of the Lord, it's wisdom of revelation. It is the spirit of wisdom and revelation, counsel and might, the knowledge of and the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So you can't come to knowledge without a wisdom. It's wisdom that gives you direction in a way to on how to actually end, end up getting knowledge. Praise God. So God, if God wants to give you, wants you, wants you to actually get to a knowledge, He will first make you wise. So when He's making you wise, He's giving you capacity to actually be able to search for His knowledge. Praise God. What is His knowledge? His knowledge are His laws. His knowledge are things that um, his knowledge is what actually runs his life. Praise God. So, for a man to get knowledge, there must be a wisdom that he has been given. Praise God. That's where I'm going. So, what the scripture, um, Proverbs chapter 4 is saying, is actually that a man should first what? Get wisdom. He now said, get wisdom, comma, this is verse 5, Romans chapter 4 verse 5. Get wisdom, comma, mm-hmm. get understanding, mm-hmm. forget it not, neither decline the word of what my mouth praise god so there's no way other way that wisdom is coming from except from the mouth of god praise god and if it's coming from the mouth of god is a revelation is an understanding so anything that's coming out of the mouth of god is a is is, is revealed if it's not coming out from the mouth of god then it is not revealed mm-hmm. fact that it's coming out of the mouth of god means that you don't know it because my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts Praise God. As far as the heaven is from my, the earth, so are my thoughts far from your thoughts. So anything that is coming from the mouth of God, even when we heard it yesterday, if God comes to say it again, you don't know it. Praise God. You know what? You don't know it. So when God comes to talk to you, just assume you've never... If, I, if it's something you've heard before, assume you've never heard it before. Because, because as far as it's coming out of the mouth of God, you don't know it. His, his thoughts are too far. Mm. You might actually interpret it like something that you knew before. Yeah, but it's not the same. It's not the same. Mm. Because it's coming out of the mouth of God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So, now, we already have, we already have a wisdom in us. It's called the wisdom of this world. Praise God. See, I want us to understand one thing that any decision made outside of God, even when it is good, when you come and lay before God, it is not good. When a man makes a decision outside of the spirit, no matter how good it is, when you put it before God, it is not good. And these are the things that we don't understand. So when you meet a Christian, and you come and tell him that um, your decisions, your 
um, any decision you make outside of the leading of the spirit is wrong. Mm-hmm. You'll be wondering like, ah, what do you mean? Or maybe it does something that is very good. And you're telling me that that's not God's definition of good. He might even call you a fanatic. Mm-hmm. Because to him, he's good with God. Mm-hmm. As long as I can make a decision that's be, uh, that before man is good. Mm-hmm. Praise God. As far as he's concerned, he's also good with God. Mm-hmm. But that man can be good with before man. But before God, is is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So what a man should be seeking is how to be relevant before God, not actually before man. Mm-hmm. And for a man to be relevant before God, he must have, God, he must have God's wisdom. Mm-hmm. He must be running his life by God's wisdom. That's what pleases God. Mm-hmm. When they say man is pleasing God, the wisdom of God is what is running his life. Mm-hmm. That's what, check from the beginning. When God created Adam, he created him and he told Adam to start naming men. To start naming animals. And God said the name which he calls the animal. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Any name that he calls the animal is what God had in mind for God. To... Praise God. Okay, praise God. Anything that he calls, you know, from the beginning, he said, when he told man to stand him in animals, eh? Adam, when he names the animal, the Bible says, and whatever he calls the animal, so it is. Praise God. So there was a wisdom that was running Adam's life. That thing was natural that Adam didn't have to think that, okay, what well, will I name this animal? Okay, let me think. Fermentation and combination. Lion, lion. Lemon. <laughs> okay, mini mini my name. Okay, it's lion. Uh, no, 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 no. It wasn't random. Yes. Something there was something informing. Yes. His definition. Yes. Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. There was something informing Adam's decision when he wants to name the animal. There was a spirit inside him that was informing it. So when a man is making decisions, and what what devil came to take out of man, praise God, was actually that thing that was informing. The, the, the decision of man which is the spirit of God so a man can make can think out his life okay when I when I when I do this and I do this and I do this everything makes sense then it must be God's will but that's a lie a man cannot live his life by permutation and combination and now see that because it makes sense it is God's will you know you can actually make a decision and get results, a good result, but it's still not God's will. Yes, yes. I was talking to somebody one day, and um, she, she, she's married, and because her marriage is going nowhere, eh, as far as she's concerned, she made a good decision. Mm. Now, can I very sincerely tell you that you can actually make a wrong decision, and you might not actually face an abuse in marriage. Mm. The other man might not beat you. But you can by the time they analyze purpose mm. and the path are supposed to walk on earth, you might not have a problem with that marriage. Mm. But you might not step into purpose. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. You might never you might never ever for once step into what God created you for. You might as in Okay, let me give you an example. A man is a man is married. 
they are loving, they are traveling, you know, they go to Dubai for vacation. Eh? But when you talk about when you talk about the trajectory of their life, it has nothing to do with the will of God. Mm. They are not fighting in the marriage. They are not doing anything in the marriage. But the will of God is not being done. Mm. Is that a good decision? Mm. No. Mm. Praise God. Okay. So but the it looks as if there's no problem with the marriage, so it's the will of God. But it might never be the will of God. So a man's life can be going in a direction that he feels like everything works out fine. He wants a job, he gets the job. Mm. He, he wants a car, he gets the car. He wants a house, he gets the house. Everything he wants is just falling in place. But as long as he's not touching the will of God, when purpose is analyzed, mm-hmm. when you check the book of life and see what God has written about him, yes. and he is not touching it, he is not, not doing it, mm-hmm. he's not in the will of God. Mm-hmm. Even though things are falling in place. Even though he's not facing any trouble in his life, he might not lose job all through his life. Praise God. So you see that a man can live a good life outside, a good life in the eyes of man, a good life in the eyes of this world. He can live a good life, but never ever touch the will of God. So flesh too can produce good results in the eyes of man. But there's a way that Simeon right unto man. Yeah. The end of it is what? Destruction. destruction. Now, a man can say that destruction, maybe, maybe at the end of the day, the man starts uh, um, doing fornication. Mm. Might, no, 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 no. We have men, men in this world that are very disciplined. They don't mm. fornicate. They don't lie. Mm. Eh? They don't commit adultery. Mm. But they hate God. Mm. When it comes to God, make, when, when, when God comes to challenge their decisions, they will never respond to God. Mm-hmm. Like I was saying last week, I said I, I was a roommate to a guy called, that was a free thinker. Free thinker. He doesn't really, he believes God exists, but he's a free thinker. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In other words, he just wants to think out his life by himself. He does not want anything to, anything to influence his thinking. Any, no, nothing to, like, Free thinkers are people that nothing should influence your thinking. You should be able to channel your thinking by yourself and make conclusions by yourself. And whatever conclusion, the person around you might not agree, but whatever conclusion you have reached eh, is good for you. Praise God. That's a free thinker. So, as, as long as they are concerned, you can be thinking your life, you can be thinking and thinking and thinking and reaching conclusion. You get what I'm saying? But... Nobody has to agree with you. But whatever decision, whatever conclusion you make in your heart, you run your life by it. And if people don't agree, you are okay. Praise God. Now, because you are a free thinker, you don't need, you don't look for the will of God. Nothing, what is the will of God? Will of God. The guy goes to church and analyzes what the pastor is saying and see. Anyone that agrees with his free thinking, he agrees with the pastor. The one that doesn't agree with his free thinking, he cancels it. In other words, that administration that day, the pastor was wrong. Praise God. Now, that guy, his life was going fine. He was in university, he was doing fine. He was studying his book, he was passing exams. In fact, when he, I told you, I was saying last week that when the guy started talking like this, I wasn't born again, the guy makes sense. What he's saying, it makes sense. In fact, some guys that were in my room, they were fornicators. They used to, when he's talking, they used to feel judged. Because the guy just makes sense. 
but the guy is not born again and he does not revere God. So he can be spitting wisdom according to the wisdom of this world. And people will be looking at him and looking up to him. But as far as he's concerned, he has no relevance before God. No relevance. No relevance. No relevance before God. So that kind of man, when God comes to him, he will never agree with God. You know, I was listening to the minister of the gospel one day. He said he went to preach somewhere, maybe in the fellowship. After he finished preaching, one man raised up his hand. He said, you know, all this is your preaching, and people can't change me. That, you know, this is your Jesus, because I want him to even come one day. I want to sit down with him. I want to ask him some questions. He said, me and him, I want to sit down with him. (laughs) That kind of heart, as far as he's concerned, because of what he knows, he can challenge Jesus. (laughs) So you see that, Men, it's not that men don't have knowledge, it's the knowledge that they have that is their problem. That's problem. Yeah. Praise God. Oh, yeah. So it's the knowledge that man has that is his problem. So when we were before we got born again, the devil has fed us with knowledge. A lot of knowledge. There are many things that we know that if by the time the light of God shines into it, we actually realize that it's actually total foolishness. Mm. But we are running our life by it because our eyes of understanding has not been enlightened yet. Mm. Until God opens our eyes. Do you know that you can make it, you can be doing something, eh? And you are too convinced that it's right. Let me give you an example. We all grew up that if somebody insults you, it is foolish of you not to, not to insult the person back. Now, when we were young, I used to go to Sunday school. They would say, when somebody calls you, say, God bless you. Mm-hmm. That was Sunday school. Mm-hmm. We, we, we accepted it because our teacher told us. <laughs> but there's no time somebody insults me in school. Right, I would now say, God, God bless you. What? <laughs> if the person say you are mad, the next one I want to say you is something high. higher yeah. than you are mad. Yeah. It is your father. Yeah. Or God punish you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Why, why are we tuned that way? What we know has tuned us to react in a certain way. And the thing makes sense to us. The thing makes sense to us that if I'm not reacting this way, then I will be I'm stupid. I'm not I'm not I'm not normal. Actually, no man is normal to be very sincere. Except the man that has conformed to the image of Christ. If Christ has not been formed in a man, we are not yet normal. So what a man should be seeking, seeking, seeking is the knowledge that is in God. So if you see this scripture that is saying, he said, incline thy eyes here to it. Praise God. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 4 again. I just want to spend some time here. Proverbs chapter 4, I'll read from verse 1 again. Hear ye, my children, the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. You see? For I give you good doctrine. Praise God. I what? Give what? Or good teaching. What is doctrine? Doctrine is teaching. Praise God. I give you what? Good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. For I was my father's son, tender and only beloved, in the sight of my mother. Praise God. This thing is talking about wisdom, it's talking about Christ Jesus. Praise God. Because he's using it as I was. Check it. Who was the father's beloved? Praise God. 
but he's talking about if you check the ending there, is it command to obtain wisdom? So this is wisdom talking, praise God, or God commanding us to actually seek for wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, praise God. Verse 5 says, Okay, verse 4 says, He taught me also and said unto me, Let thy heart retain my word, keep my commandments, and leave. Mm-hmm. Get wisdom, get understanding. Forget it not, neither decline from the words of thy mouth. Praise God. Amen. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what preserves us is the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. How does it preserve you? The devil has his own wisdom. And when the devil wants to deceive a man, he doesn't deceive a man by any other thing. He brings his thoughts. He brings his wisdom. So for a man to live and to be preserved, what does that wisdom do? It corrupts a man. When they say a man is corrupted, it's, by, it's living by another knowledge. Mm-hmm. That is not the knowledge of God. So his, his journey or his walk will not be in the direction of God. Mm-hmm. Finish. When you say the soul of a man is corrupted, it's because the knowledge of the devil is in the soul. Mm-hmm. The knowledge of the tree of the, the, the knowledge that is in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is in that man's soul. Mm-hmm. You get? So a man is not devoid of knowledge. It's not the kind of knowledge that he has. That is what that is what we are concerned about. Mm-hmm. Every single man has knowledge. Praise God. Hallelujah. We all have what? Mm-hmm. Knowledge. It's the knowledge that we have that is the problem. So is the knowledge that we have is make that when God brings his thoughts to us, we have enough argument to send back the thoughts of God. <laughs> so the Holy Spirit can give you an instruction. Right inside us, we're already arguing. And you know the Holy Spirit is gentle. Those arguments that we have is because of what we know. And we know that when Holy Spirit comes, Holy Spirit will not agree with what we know. So what we know begins to argue. Hmm. Arguments upon arguments. Upon argument, before we know it, Holy Spirit will step back mm-hmm. because we are not yielding mm-hmm. to the knowledge that the Holy Spirit is bringing. Mm-hmm. So, when you say a man is living by faith, it's because he already has the knowledge, but he's ready to let go of the a knowledge that is profiting him, that is making him move forward in his own eye. Now, he now decides to let go of that knowledge and now bring a foreign knowledge that the Holy Ghost is bringing. Mm-hmm. Eh? Accept the foreign knowledge that the Holy Spirit is bringing runs his life by it, even though he does not know the end, mm. decides to run his life by it, then the man is living by faith. Mm. Praise God. Mm. So when they say a man is actually living by faith, it's not because he can use faith to get car. It's not because he can use faith to get money. It's because he can agree with the word of God. Mm. Eh? And run his life by the word of God, even though he doesn't know the end of it. Do we know the end of it? We don't know where the word of God is taking you to. You are making a decision, you know that this is by reason of the wisdom that is in the word of God, this is what I should do. But you can't really see the end. You can't see the end, but you still decide to commit to it. To that thing, that, to the revelation of the word of God. Then that's actually real faith. Mm. So a man can use faith to get his car. A man can use faith to get healed. But he might not be living. Mm. Living. Yeah. By faith. Yeah. So there's different between using faith and living by faith. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can use faith. You can go to God in the morning and pray. And God will give you what you ask for. But you don't actually agree with the doctrines of God. Mm-hmm. So to living by faith means that you actually agree to the teachings of God. Mm-hmm. Or the teachings of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. 
what the Holy Ghost is teaching people, what the Holy Ghost is teaching you, you agree to it and you continue living your life by it, even though you don't know the end of it. Mm. Then you continue living by the word of God and committing your life to it. The Bible says that do not do not do not take no thought for your life. And you to, you start um arranging your heart in a way that you will not take thoughts for your life. Mm. You will not think about tomorrow. Mm. You will not think about what to eat, what to drink, mm. and trust God that God will do it. Praise God. Mm. And trust the leading of the Holy Spirit concerning your life. Mm. Then that is faith. Mm. So faith is not that you don't have knowledge. Mm. Actually, the knowledge that you have is what actually brings doubt, doubt in the place of faith. So when you are trying to live by faith, what actually brings doubt is the knowledge you have. You'll be wondering, this thing that you are doing does not make sense. Mm. The devil is bringing it. It's because by the reason of the knowledge he has given you, what the Holy Spirit is saying does not agree with what the devil has taught us in the past. Mm -hmm. So, my own decision can make sense, and what the Holy Spirit is bringing might not make sense at all. Now, for me to agree with what the Holy Spirit is bringing, then, what am I doing? It's a fit life. Now, man has been designed, designed that once a problem happens, the first thing we want to do is to think it out. Yeah. We really actually go to pray first or ask the Holy Spirit what to do. It's not a common thing. It takes time for you to get there. Yeah. It takes time for us to get to that place where the first thing, we want, when something happens, the first thing we want to check is what the Holy Ghost has to say. Because we are not designed to live by faith. Mm-hmm. The devil has trained us to live outside God. To not to, to live outside the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And that is what death is. Death is separation from God. Mm-hmm. So when a man is living his life without a counsel of God, he's living in the condemnation. Mm-hmm. He's living in death. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Any man that is living his life without the inspiration of the Holy Ghost or the counsel of the Holy Ghost eh, is dying and he can be born again that's actually the problem a man can be born again but after being born again the counsel of the Holy Ghost does not come to him anymore it's about a time will come that thing called that is spirit man that Holy Ghost will not he will not respond to the Holy Ghost again and that man is dying mm-hmm. dying Dying, dying, dying. You know, I'm not talking about fornication right now. Because many times when we are talking about sin, we are thinking about fornication, we are thinking about adultery, we are thinking about um, maybe you stealing. Mm. Sometimes when we talk about evil men, the only thing we are thinking about is politicians mm. that are stealing money from the accounts of the country or people that are murdering people. We are talking about when you are saying evil. No, 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 no. That's not evil. That's not just evil. That's not just fruit of being evil. Real evil men. What what is evil? Is when you make a decision outside of the presence of God, mm. or when you live outside of the knowledge of God, or outside of the leading of the Spirit. Mm. Praise God. That's exactly what is evil. Mm-hmm. So evil can look good mm. in the eyes of man. Many times it's only God that knows what is evil. So when you see checks in your heart, when you want to make a decision and you feel a small check in your heart, go and look 
check it properly. What is this thing inside me saying? Because many times, Holy Ghost has something to say about that thing you want to do. Praise God. Because there's a wisdom in us that God does not agree with. So anytime we want to make a decision, and we are making decision with the knowledge that God does not agree with, you will see a check in your spirit, man. You just see that small restriction. See, what those small, small restrictions inside us. So small, small restrictions inside us. It's only goes telling us that you are going the wrong direction. Can I take in something? He said, oh, Jesus appeared to him and said, um, from now on, from in the New Testament, audible voice is not what man should be looking for. You get? Or gift of the Spirit is not what a man should be should be led by. That a man should be led by the inner witness. Mm-hmm. In our told Kenetagin, he said, From now on, I will not be leading you by all the boys. Mm-hmm. I might not be appearing with to you several times again, but by your inner witness. Inner witness. Now, inner witness is the voice of your spirit man. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Because man is what? Spirit. spirit. Now, your spirit knows all things. Bible says that you have an auction from the Holy One. And you what? Because your Holy Ghost is inside your spirit man, your spirit man knows what the Holy Ghost knows. Mm. Praise God. Mm. Or your spirit man is one that, your, your Holy Ghost is what feeds your spirit man with knowledge. And your spirit man, because he's alive, naturally agrees with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Praise God. So what now happens is that there's a conflict inside us. You, your spirit man will bring instructions by the knowledge that is from the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And your soul that has fed on knowledge of this world over time has its own knowledge. So the conflicting knowledge is what brings is what is causing the argument inside you. The knowledge that is inside the soul that man has lived over time before he got born again. Or the wisdom of this world that we have gotten over time. And the wisdom of the spirit only goes that God has put in that your spirit man is getting. So you see that conflict in your heart. When you say I want to make a decision and I'm confused, it's because there's conflict and argument. Hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's because there's conflict between your spirit man and the knowledge that is in the soul. Mm-hmm. Many times, how to do it is to wait. The devil doesn't know how to wait. Hmm. So check it. By the time you are waiting, you will see the voice of the evil one will start going down. Hmm. Because the devil is not patient. He wants to rush you to make it's a spirit of haste. He wants to rush you to make decisions. Praise God. He wants to rush you to make decisions. And once you rush to make that decision, eh? and many times you will paint things before you that, ah, if you don't do this thing right now, you will miss this opportunity. It's a lie. If it's the only goes, you will not miss any opportunity. The reason is because he wants you to be hasty. And the spirit of haste is not the spirit of faith. His brother, a, um, a sister came to meet me just recently. Oh, that there's a guy asking her out and everything. I said, You have to wait. Mm. And I told her, I've not released you yet, though. Mm. So you have to wait. But I could see in the sister, ah, What if this guy goes? <laughs> if he goes to God, who made is not God. Mm. But the devil will pump, hurry inside the woman. Mm. That this boy will go. Mm. And you will marry late in your life. Mm. It's a lie. Mm. 
is a lie. You will marry when God wants you to marry if you follow the Holy Ghost. Praise God. So the wisdom of this world is the wisdom that brings fear to a man. Fear. You will see, anytime there's fear inside you, the devil will have painted, because the devil has painted images of an end result. He has painted another hope before you. That's the reason for the fear. Praise God. He will just paint, if you don't do this, this is what will happen. Or, if the Holy Spirit is telling you to do something, he will start telling you that if you do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do, this is what will happen. Now, that end result is showing you is what is building fear inside you. Praise God. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. Praise God. So, you might think you are hasty. There are some things that you can wait, you can, you can, you think, you think, okay, the Holy Spirit is telling me something. You can wait for it to be clear for a whole year. It's not too late. You would rather wait a whole year to get it right than make a decision right now and still end up coming back to start from the beginning. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the wisdom of this world is the one that puts fear in a man. Oh. And that fear is what makes man not to submit to God properly. Or to submit to the knowledge of God. And you know many of all the time the knowledge of God looks very foolish. Mm-hmm. In fact, many times it looks very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. When, when you're talking to a worldly man and you are using the uh, knowledge of God to interact with him, even you sometimes you might feel ashamed. Mm-hmm. It's possible. If you have not grown well. Even the look on it, <laughs> my brother Jeff said something about it. He said he was in his workplace and he was talking that I'm a Christian, you know, I believe in God. And one of the persons he was talking to asked me, How can somebody as intelligent as you are believe God exists? Mm-hmm. To be very sincere, if you are not strong, even you will go and sit down. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that I'm, I'm, but I'm smart. How come I can believe in something so vague? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm. Now that man that said that thing, he has been equipped with knowledge. Yes. The devil has equipped him with knowledge. knowledge. You can't discuss with that kind of man. Yeah. In fact, I always avoid them. Mm. Because they have things to say. Things. The devil has bombarded them with, with wisdom. Mm. So this world is not devoid of knowledge. Mm. It's just that that knowledge can harm you. Uh-huh. It can kill you. So when they say a man is not at peace with God, Praise God. When they say, man, you are not at peace with God. When they say you are not at peace with God, it's because you have things inside you that argues with God consistently. Mm. And that's what God wants to come and take out. Praise God. It's those things in you that argue with God when God's knowledge come is what God wants to take out. Mm. So a man must be meek enough to receive God's knowledge. And sometimes the man is not meek. You have to bring that man to the place of meekness. Yes. Sometimes they might have to make him suffer loss. Mm. To bring a man to the place of meekness. Sometimes we did not submit to God or we lost something. Mm. Mm. Praise God. Mm. Even me, once I lost some things, I didn't really submit to God. After a few losses, losses, and after that, okay, God, what is your way? Mm-hmm. Because you've made a decision, it failed. Yeah. You make another decision, it failed. Yeah. You make another decision, it failed. Ah, the time we just come. 
<laughs> and the sister, after she had entered like four relationships, and he has cut her. He said, God, I don't want to choose myself again. <laughs> Come and choose no, for me. How did you get there? You have that place, that's the place of humility. Mm. Because you have an understanding of what you want. So you've been using your understanding to make those decisions, to choose the person you want. You do the relationship, the relationship will end. It will end up in marriage. Mm-hmm. You start another one. The same criteria. You have also you are using to choose another man. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Those criteria are knowledge that we have. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Those criteria are using to make those decisions. And you know, even some sisters. <laughs> please, I will go to throw some shades. Praise God. So sisters, eh, the only criteria, so they have some funny criteria that they used to choose the person they want to be in a relationship with. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Praise God the Lord. Hallelujah. Muscle. Yes. A man that goes to the gym. A man that has muscle. A man that is handsome. You see, all those kind of criteria, eh, you have a knowledge. They are knowledge that is inside you that you are using to judge decisions. Praise God. I just need to judge your decision. So when you see a guy, it's the knowledge that is inside you. What you, your standards, your knowledge are your standards. Praise God. That standard is what you use to make decisions. Praise God. I just need to make decisions. So as you are making your decision, you are making decisions according to the wisdom of this world. Praise God. Praise of the Lord. So it's not that man is ignorant. It's just the knowledge that the man has. So when a man is not at peace with God, when a man is arguing with God and fighting God, is the knowledge that is inside him that is fighting the knowledge of God. Praise God. So, for you to be at peace with God, you must be able to agree. Praise God. Hallelujah. A man must agree with the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. And many times, the knowledge of God does not make sense to a natural man. Yes. Proverbs chapter 5. Let's quickly go. Let's quickly go. Proverbs chapter 5. I'll start from verse 1. Proverbs chapter 5. Praise God. My son, attend unto my wisdom and bow thy ears to my understanding. Praise God. Praise God. For thou mayest regard discretion. And that thy lips may keep what? Knowledge. Knowledge. Praise God. For the lips of a strange woman drops as a honeycomb, and her mouth is. That is this world, though. The lips of this world is enticing. In fact, it looks. I don't see. The only person that was able to fully discern the world and refuse the world continuously was Jesus. You know, Paul was talking about that, that um, he was talking about the spirit of seduction. That seducive spirit. Now, you think that seducive spirit is the spirit that makes the man commit fornication. No. The spirit that can lure you out of the presence of God is a seductive spirit. Mm-hmm. So, the, this world has a way of giving you, of bringing a vision to a man. Praise God. A knowledge to a man that is so enticing. Praise God. It's so, so enticing that it's hard for a man to actually refuse it. Mm-hmm. 
You know, in the beginning, after man ate the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, praise God. Um, someone like Adam, we noticed that Adam did not continue with the knowledge, praise God, because after that, God, the sin of Adam was not recorded again. So, obviously, he ate the seed, he died. But you will realize the fact that after he realized, after he went to hide from God and he realized what he had done, it's obvious that he didn't continue with that knowledge or with that understanding that he ate from the tree of good and evil. Mm-hmm. But he has a son called Cain. Praise God. Cain. Let's quickly go to Genesis chapter 4. Praise God. Verse 7. Chapter 4, verse 7. If thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin what? Lied at thy door. Praise God. So, man, I don't think sin will just lie at somebody's door and not be talking to the person. Mm-hmm. Praise God. So, even though sin lies at thy door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt what? Rule over him. Praise God. So, sin is lying at the door of a man. Eh? Is lying at the door of a man. And unto him shall be the time he wants to get you. Praise God. Unto thee, unto, and unto thee shall be what? The desire is desire. That means the desire of sin. The sin wants to get you. What sin wants to do? How does sin get somebody? He said the um, the enemy comes to steal, kill. to kill, and to destroy. Yeah. And you will see it at the end of Cain. Cain left the presence of God. Mm. That's actually what he, that's what the devil wants to achieve. So when the man is in the presence of God, and the devil is talking to him, what the devil wants to achieve is that he will come to a place where the presence of God does not mean anything to him again. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, he will walk away from it. So he can be living a good life, but when his heart is not inclined to God, he's already dead. Mm-hmm. He can have money, he can be given to charity. Do you get what I'm saying? He can be given to charity, he can be doing so many things, but his heart has, is not with God again. He does not even seek for the knowledge of God at all. Mm-hmm. He does not want to have anything to do with God. And he can be given to the poor. He can be doing what is nice. But his heart is not given to God. That man is dead. Hmm. He does not acknowledge God in everything he does. So I can be seeing that kind of man. I mean, me, I can be appreciating that man. But before God, he's a dead man. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the way God judges is different from the way a man judges. So I can look at a man and call him a good man. Praise God. I can look at a man and call that man a good man, but before God, that man is evil. So because the way God judges is different from the way man judges. Praise God. The way God will judge is different from the way man will judge. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. 
So there's an end point we are getting to. The end point is that praise God. Hallelujah. There's an end point we are getting to. The end point is that there's a knowledge that man has that God wants to take away, yeah. or that God wants to remove, yeah. or that God what God wants man to forsake. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's something that man knows that God wants. There's something that man knows that God wants man to forsake. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to First Corinthians chapter two. Praise God. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter one, chapter two. Praise God. I'll start from verse 1. First Corinthians 2, I'll start from verse 1. Praise God. Hallelujah. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with the excellency of speech, of the wisdom, came not with the excellency of speech, or of the wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ, and him what? Crucified. Now, can I read with you? A whole, if you know Paul, Paul was a, like a professor. So a whole professor comes to you and says, the only thing I want to know now is Christ and him crucified. Is that not madness? Praise God. Hallelujah. To a worldly man, this man is running mad. Mm-hmm. That there are more knowledge that you can seek than Christ, a man that died and he rose again. What's your, what's your, what's your problem? Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So he said, For I determined not to know anything among you, say Christ. Praise God. Hallelujah. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. So there's something called man's wisdom. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, but when I come to preach, preach, preach to you, I have this first Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter 2. I'm in verse 4 now. Thank you. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of what? Man's wisdom. So there's man's wisdom. Praise God. There's something called what? Man's wisdom. And what God wants to erode, what God wants to cancel, is that wisdom called man's wisdom. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But in demonstration of spirit and power, 
that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in what? In the power of God. Now, the power of God is another knowledge in itself. Praise God. Because the knowledge of Christ is the power of God. Praise God. So, for a man, for that thing called man's wisdom to be debunked, a man has to agree with the knowledge of Christ, which is the power of God. So, when they want to save a man from what is actually plaguing man, they come and give him the knowledge of Christ, which mm-hmm. is the real power. Yes. So, when knowledge is given to a man, that is his power. Mm-hmm. When God is revealing himself to a man, God is giving him power. Power. Praise God. Amen. So, that power is what he can now use to say no to the devil. Mm-hmm. A man cannot receive, refuse the devil without having the power of God. Mm-hmm. It's not possible. And the power of God is the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. So, when the devil wants to deceive a man, he brings knowledge to him. When God wants to save a man, he brings knowledge, knowledge to him. It's just true knowledge. Mm-hmm. So when you see people that don't read their Bible, I'm scared for them. Mm-hmm. Or people that don't give themselves to the word. Mm-hmm. Diligently. Mm-hmm. I'm scared for them. A man can actually think he's living righteously, but he's actually serving another knowledge, which is the knowledge of this world. And in his mind, he can even be a Christian. Mm-hmm. But if the devil, if he's still blind and he has not given himself to the knowledge of God, he can be serving the will of the devil and he will actually think he's serving God. Mm-hmm. This is the essence of knowledge. So when the man is coming to peace with God, when they say a man is at peace with God, it's because the knowledge of God has taken footstool inside him. Mm-hmm. That every single decision he's making, the knowledge of God is involved in it. Mm-hmm. Not just involved, he's in control of it. So when God comes, he does not refuse God. Praise God. Now, like, like, I, like we, I said from the beginning, we are spirit, soul, and body. The soul has learnt knowledge over time. The spirit died, mm-hmm. and the, spirit, the soul started receiving knowledge from Cain. He says, seeing light at your door. So sin has been talking to man for a long time. Okay. In fact, sometimes when I look at, like I said last week, a man that thinking is let us make Tower of Babel, a tower that is as tall to heaven. Mm-hmm. So right now, I don't even think any man thinks like that. Mm-hmm. No wonder they had to use flood to send those, to kill those men. If those men were existing right now, mm-hmm. I don't know what will have happened on this earth. Maybe 666 will have, will have come mm. a long time ago. Yeah. Right. The, you know, recently I was just reading, I was just studying the book of Genesis and I realized that God has been preserving man from the knowledge of this world for a long time. Mm. Just, you know, you know, Abraham was in Canaan. Eh? Abraham was in Canaan. Jacob was in Canaan. There was famine in Canaan, and God now sent allowed Joseph to go to Egypt. Mm-hmm. Then later, Jacob and his family went to Egypt. Praise God. Then the family of Joseph produced children that were Israelites in Egypt, and they were enslaved there. You get. Now you now wonder why did God allow them to be enslaved? But you realize the fact that as a, during the time they were being enslaved in Egypt, 
they were grooming giants in Canaan. Mm. By the time they were going back to Canaan, they were already giants in the land. Mm -hmm. Imagine Jacob was there. Maybe the children of Jacob would have become one of those giants too. So actually, Israel being enslaved was a preservation. Mm -hmm. They enslaved them to preserve them. And you see that they beat them so hard that they could not even, what? They could not think outside of what they knew. Mm -hmm. God allowed them to stay there. So we might just think God is wicked by enslaving, allowing them to be enslaved. We didn't know that he was actually preserving them from the knowledge that was about to invade Canaan. Mm. And he said, he said, he was telling Abraham, he said, your children will be enslaved in a land for 400 years mm. and on, until the cup of the Amorites is full. Mm. So in other words, there was a direction the Amorites were going. Mm -hmm. So bad that they were grooming giants. Mm. In the land, and it wasn't only the, the man that was giant, even their fruits. They said, even the fruits were so heavy that they had to put the pomegranates that you buy in superstore that is just like this. Mm. <laughs> the one in, in the promised land, they had to put it on their shoulder. Mm. So there was wisdom, they were wise. That's why they had to enroll all of them. By the time Israelites was taking over Canaan, God said they should kill all of them, mm. they should not let anybody remain. Mm. Those kind of men should not remain on earth. Mm. That kind of wisdom should not stay on earth. Mm. It's, not, it's not good for man to have that kind of wisdom. So all of them, had to, God had to kill all of them. Obviously, he said, until their cup is full. Mm -hmm. So by that time, their cup was already full. Mm -hmm. So judgment was passed on them. Praise God. Okay. So there's, you see that what makes man conflict with God is a knowledge is a brightness that is from the devil gave man an intelligence that the devil gave man so a man can actually argue God out of his, out of his life mm. so if you can if me and you are always arguing we are not at peace mm -hmm. if there is always argument and truly, truly, if we are always, if there's always arguments, like we are always conflicting in mm. thoughts, then there's no love. Mm. I can't love somebody that I'm, I'm always conflicted with. So really, we really, really, if the knowledge of God is not living inside us, we don't really, really love God. Mm. The way we are supposed to love God. So when they are talking about faith, hope, and charity, mm. it's a building block into a love for God. Mm -hmm. And when the man lives by charity and perfects charity properly, he comes to peace. Mm. So when the man lives a life of loving God consistently, that's when he now comes to a place where he will not conflict with God again. Yes. It takes knowledge mm. to get there. So when, it's, when we say a man is coming to peace with God, therefore being justified by faith. I will go there very soon, but let's quickly finish this. Verse 6 now says, how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect? This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I mean verse 6 now. How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the prince, nor of the prince of this world that come to naught. That means at the end of the day, a man that lives by the knowledge of this world, at the end of the day, that man will become nothing. 
when they weigh the man on the scale of life, is less than vanity. You know, Ezekiel said it. Said it. When they say a man is less than vanity, vanity does not have any value before. So a man is less than things that don't have value. Mm-hmm. That's what the wisdom of this world can bring a man to. Praise God. Yeah. Verse seven. But we seek the wisdom of God in mystery, even the hidden wisdom of God ordained before this world unto our glory. Now the knowledge of God is ordained unto the wisdom of God is ordained unto what? Oh, our God. glory. Praise God. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known, they wouldn't have crucified the, the Lord of glory. But it is written, as I have not seen, nor yet have heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, mm-hmm. things which God had prepared for them that, what? that, love, that love him. You see that charity is actually love for God. Mm-hmm. But what God, because God, what God is going to give to man is only give, giving it to who loves him. Praise God. When God wants to give a man, when what God is going to give to man, which is eternal life, the life of God, God gives it to a man that loves him. God does not give eternal life to a man that does not love him. He will make he will abuse it. Praise God. So when we say, oh, eternal life, you know, we, it, this now is a, it has become cliche in our news. Eternal life, eternal life, eternal life. So <laughs> sometimes you know, you know, when you mention that, you know that that is far from us. Yeah. Check, don't let us lie to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Anytime we mention eternal life, we know. Mm-hmm. Our heart tells us that that is far. Mm-hmm. And somewhere in our heart, eh, is not our our default. It's not something we seek by default. In fact, it is mercy. It's not something that we seek by default. Praise God. It's not something we seek by default. We will, sometimes we will have thought, even me that I'm ministering to you, eh? sometimes I will have spent like woken up three hours, four hours, five hours, before I remember there's something called eternal life. Sometimes. Yeah. So is that life is for men that love him. For you to love him is his thought is filled in your heart. Like when you love something, that's what you think about consistently. That's love. So we can say, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. From the bottom of is a lie. That thing is not. It has not gone to the bottom of our hearts. <laughs> no, no. You can confess it, or you can sing it, mm-hmm. but really, really, it's not the bottom. Mm-hmm. Because there are things that they need to dig before they get to the bottom yes, of heart. Yes, there are building blocks there. Yes. Other things have occupied the bottom of that heart. Mm-hmm. It's a deep well. It's a deep well. Mm-hmm. It takes years to dig it out. Yeah. That's if they finish digging it before we leave the set. So we can we can sing it from the bottom of my heart. Let them bring commandments. Let us know if your bottom, if it's really truly the bottom of your heart. Let them bring instruction. Let them bring their knowledge to you. Live by this. From now on, this is the way you should start behaving. You now start seeing arguments. Things will start rising inside. Arguments will start rising. That argument is the knowledge that has been living there that doesn't want to go. 
arguments will start rising. Mm-hmm. The wisdom of this world will start countering the wisdom of God that wants to go and take his footstool in your heart. Mm-hmm. So you see. So when they say the spirit of a man is a candle of the Lord, it searches even the inward belly. Mm-hmm. The spirit man is looking at your soul and seeing the iniquity there and searching it out. That's the candle. This is the candle of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So God is using your spirit man to search your infirmities and see what needs to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. Your knowledge, what make, what you know you were saying in that day, you said what when they say the righteousness of a man, in what a man the way what makes a man think out what is right, Abby, or what you do say that day? What what a man thinks what the what a man thinks is what he thinks is right. Yes. Yeah. What a man uses to judge what is right is his righteousness. Mm-hmm. And when you see the spirit of God, it comes into the heart of man as the candle of the Lord to search the the heart. What is making this man think the way he's thinking? Mm-hmm. That's what the Holy Ghost wants to come at. That's what they are searching for. And before you know it, over time, they are searching for it. That's why they don't deal with everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. They are just searching. They are looking at it. Okay, this is the next thing to deal with. After they deal with that one, they continue their search. But they are, the belly is really the soul. Mm-hmm. The belly is the That's soul. Right, yeah. So we have things inside us that they are intact. They are intact. Until the Holy Ghost, until your spirit man searches it out, which is the candle of the Lord. Searches, that's why you just realize that, Kai, so I have this thing inside me, and I'm like, no, no. Mm. It's because light has reached there. Mm. Your spirit man has shed light to that area. You didn't know it because light has not reached there. Mm-hmm. They've not searched to that point. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But the day the spirit, your spirit man reached that place, you just say, Kai, I never knew I had this problem. Recently, you know, like I, I explained last week, I was saying that when God wants to, many times when God wants to talk to me, the thing just plays out like a movie in my eye. And I know that it is the Holy Spirit that is saying this to me. So there was a day, I think it was, the, it was, it was something about meekness. Praise God. It was something about meekness. And Holy Ghost just played out that scenario in my eye and the thing the way I'm supposed to react played out too mm. do you know as that thing played out and the way I'm supposed to react played out as I saw myself reacting that way I got angry <laughs> because I can't imagine myself behaving that way mm-hmm. it now took me a while for me to agree with that thing that was painted that was that image that that. That, that thought that was put before me, eh? it took me time to agree with it that, okay, yes, I can actually behave in this manner. It took me a lot of time to agree with it. So why did it take me a lot of time? It's because there are arguments inside me. There was, there's a way I believe that man should react normally. Now what I'm seeing contradicts the way I believe. What? What they played before me contradicts the way I believe a man should be here. Because there's a knowledge I have before that. Kai! When somebody behaves this way, this is the way I should behave back. That's my own knowledge. So when they painted that scenario in my eye, and I saw the way I reacted, and I knew that this is the way Holy Ghost wants me to start reacting, I got angry. 
So there's something inside me that hates what the Holy Ghost was showing me. Mm-hmm. Praise God. That's why the Bible says that Spirit of the Lord, upon, Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good tidings to what? To the meek. When you are meek, you must be ready to let go of what you know. This is the way I've always known it. Be ready to let go of it, mm-hmm. to receive what the, Holy, the way Holy Ghost wants you to start behaving mm-hmm. or reacting. So what we know is our idol. Mm. Actually, our idol is actually our knowledge. A man would rather protect his knowledge. And one thing about our knowledge is that it has made us high-minded. Our knowledge has made us high-minded. Made us high. There's a way we are pla- because of what we know, we have placed ourselves in a pedestal. To be very sincere, a man does not need to have a car for him to be proud. Hmm. He just thinks highly of himself. Uh-huh. That's pride. Uh-huh. Pride is thinking highly of yourself. Uh-huh. Humility is seeing yourself as nothing. Uh-huh. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's just what humility is. Regardless of what you have, you still see yourself as nothing. Uh-huh. Then you are humble. When a man, a man can have nothing and still see himself as something. Mm. Ah, you in Nigeria, somebody that we're arguing. See, in our family, we might not have money. We might not have money. We might not have money, but we have name. Mm. There are some things we cannot take in our family, mm. even though we don't have money. Mm. There are some things we cannot take. There's something talking inside that man. Mm. There's something talking inside him. There are some things he cannot take. Mm-hmm. So when the Holy Ghost brings it, I've seen somebody inside church, <laughs> minister's meeting. Mm-hmm. How can he be talking to me like that? In the days when I was not born again. Yes. <laughs> if, if it were to be when I was not born again, I know what I could have done to him. Yeah. He still values that knowledge that he had before he got born again. Yeah. He still values it. He wishes he could actually act it out. The only problem is the environment. The only problem is the environment. If they change the environment. He said, people don't know me. Oma was arguing one day. I go put Jesus for one side now. And I go tell you where I be. If I put Jesus for one side. If I put Jesus, ah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> in Yoruba land, you know Yoruba land, Jesu, J E S U. A man came and said, "If I move the J behind Jesus, behind Jesu, mm. you know what remains? Jesu. Mm. That's mm. devil." <laughs> he said, "I go come out J behind Jesu now." <laughs> What you mean is issue? That's devil in your mind. That's 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 dangerous. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. So when they say a man is dying, he's dying to what he knows. Mm-hmm. 
is dying to his life. Your life is actually what you know. So when they say take no thoughts, there's something that generates thoughts. Mm, what is yeah. What is generating those thoughts is what you have learned over time. Mm-hmm. They've taught you that you need to arrange your life in this manner and yes. manner. You should be thinking, ah, so what, ah this is happening to you and you're not worried. No, I'm not worried though. Ah, mm. you, are, you, are, you, are, you are a useless man. You are a lazy man. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, you that you have tried to not take thought for your life. One uncle from the village has called you a lazy man. Yeah. Before you know it, the thought you have not been taking before. Ah, <laughs> you gotta take, start taking the thought. Because according to the wisdom of this world, there's a way you should be behaving. Mm. And that is the wisdom of this world. Is the wisdom. Wisdom. The Bible says the wisdom of this world is earthly and sensual. Mm. And sensual. Reason is sensual because it's really is capacity to seduce. Mm-hmm. Sensual. It can appeal to your senses. Mm-hmm. It can appeal to your senses. The man of God said, on, and it became very popular because you are spiritual doesn't mean you don't have a brain. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with that statement. Mm-hmm. As 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 deep somewhat as the people might think it is, that statement has huge problem. Mm-hmm. Because truly, truly, you have a brain. But ask me a question. Let me tell you something. Adam had a brain. Do you want to tell me that Adam used his brain to name, to name the animals? No. His brain was submitted to God. Mm. So truly, you, you have a brain, but your brain is not in, controlling you. Mm. Your brain is not in control. You see, we can preach from the altar in a certain way that before you know it, a man will leave the Holy Ghost out and put his brain into control. But really, really, check it. Your brain is not in control. Mm-hmm. Holy Ghost should be using your brain. Mm. Don't no. You should not be using your brain. Mm. Let Holy Ghost be the one what using your brain. So it's not that you don't have a brain. God that is saying submit to Holy Ghost is not. He's not the one that created the brain. Mm. You know, sometimes we sound. We want to sound smart, but we are foolish. You, so, that thing, it was all over Facebook, all over social media when the man of God said it. The man of God became more popular because he said that thing. Mm. But me, I have a problem with that statement. Mm. Because Holy Ghost should control your brain. Mm-hmm. Half of our day, check it. Half of our day. Which one is your brain more? Which one is more in charge, your brain or the Holy Ghost? Mm-hmm. Let's ask ourselves that question. Mm-hmm. Because your brain will not take knowledge from outside; it's taking knowledge from within. Mm-hmm. It's your, every knowledge your brain uses is from within. So, who is really, really in control? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 
eyes have not seen, ears have not heard. Oh God has the stuff for those that love him. Verse 10. But God has revealed them unto his unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yea, the deep things of God. So there are deep things in God that Holy Ghost can search out and bring to you. Let's go to verse 14. Verse 14 of the same chapter, chapter 2. But the natural man received not the things of Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. What's a natural man? A man that uses his senses. Praise God. A man that uses his brain. This statement I'm making can be very controversial. A man that uses that his brain is in charge of him is a natural man. For they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges, you see, 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 verse 15. You see, he that is what? Spiritual. What? Judges all things. Yet he himself is judge of no man. Tell me, no man can discern him. But he, he knows how to align situations. He can tell what is right and what is wrong. But no man can really, can really tell. No man can discern him. A natural man cannot discern a spiritual man. Mm-hmm. But a spiritual man can tell the right from wrong. Mm-hmm. Because he judges all things. He's a judge. Mm-hmm. He, can te- he can put things in the right place. When you say, judge this situation, tell us what is right and what is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's just what it means to judge a situation. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. And now went further. He said, it's, but it's judge of no man. Verse 16. For he who hath known the mind of the Lord. This is verse 16. That he may what? You see? This is where we are going. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may what? Instruct him. So, a man cannot be instructed by God unless he has known the mind of the Lord. Praise God. So, a man cannot really, God cannot really come and instruct you like that. Cannot be constantly instructing you unless you have known something. The mind of the Lord. But we have the mind of Christ. Now, everybody is saying that they all have the mind of Christ. This is Paul that has the mind of Christ. He's Paul and his counterpart that has the mind of Christ. We, We know in chapter 3. Because in chapter 3, the same people that they are talking to that we have the mind of Christ, they told them that they are carnal. Then Paul must be schizophrenic. If he's saying you have the mind of Christ and you are still carnal, then the Paul has a problem. So it's not Paul that is wrong here. It's me that interpreted it that way that you are wrong. Because you can't be carnal and have the mind of Christ. It's not possible. Paul is telling him that the reason why God can instruct us is because we have the mind of Christ. Because Corinthians told you they were babies. They told them, I, I, that's chapter 3. And I, brethren, could not speak, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto what? Spiritual. How can you say, how can you have the mind of Christ and he cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual? So it's not the Corinthian church that had the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the mind that is at peace with God. 
it does not con- contradict God. Mm-hmm. That's the mind of Christ. Mind of Christ does not contradict God. Mm. He receives everything. That's so Christ that came and said, "I do all that my Father acts, that I see my Father do." So anything the Father is doing, Christ agrees with it. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. So that is the mind of Christ. So when you now said, and I, verse one, and I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as unto what? Babes. Read it. Uh, check it. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, as unto babes in Christ. Praise God. So Corinthians church was a baby. They were baby Christians. And by the time we start getting to chapter, uh, what is it? Chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, we start seeing their their problem. We start seeing why they are babies. In fact, in this chapter three, we start seeing that they were saying that I'm above Paul, I'm above Apollos. They started dividing, segregating the church. Me, I'll submit to Apollo. Me, I'll submit to Paul. Me, I'll submit to this. Praise God. Oh, what Paul is saying is wrong. What Apollo is saying is saying is right. But they are all preaching the same thing. You know? Maybe Apollo was more of a better teacher than Paul. Or Paul was a more revelational than Apollo. So they started dividing. Yeah, you can be in church. It's when one certain minister is ministering that you you pay attention in church. Mm-hmm. When another person is ministering, you, you don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. There's no difference between you and the Corinthian church. <laughs> Praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see that thing in church. You think it's only Corinthian church that does it. Praise God. Mm-hmm. There can be three pastors in a place. You will see some people. Ah, man, the only time I want to listen to messages is when this pastor is preaching. Mm. So when the, the other two pastors, what are they? They are not ministers of the gospel. It's still carnality. We are not different from the Corinthian church. Praise God. It's still carnality. That's a carnal, a carnal mind. That's a baby. Baby Christian. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you see that he said he could not speak unto you as unto what spiritual, but as unto carnal. So obviously they didn't have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is something the man built over time with the knowledge of Christ. Mm-hmm. Praise God. For a man to be able to think like Christ, he must be knowing what Christ knows. Yeah, yeah. he must be knowing what he must be feeding. He must be feeding. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. I think I have enough time to minister today. Yeah, I have enough time. So let us um, make good use of the time. Let's make good use of the time. Praise God. Romans chapter 8. I'll start from verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Praise God. You know, who are in Christ Jesus? Come Who are those that are in Christ Jesus? Who walk not after the flesh? So you cannot just say you are in Christ Jesus and walking after the flesh. You are not in. Do let us be like ourselves. 
you can be born again. You, you just believe in the name of Jesus. Being born again takes believing in the name. But when they say a man is in Christ, that means he's living by the knowledge of Christ. That's it. Praise God. When they say a man is in Christ, he's living by the knowledge of Christ. That's what it means to be in Christ. Either you abide, either you abide in him. If you abide in me and I, my word abides in you, then you shall ask the Father whatever and he will give it to you in my name and he will give it to you. So you don't have the right to, to actually um, make demands of things of the Spirit without the word abiding in you. They cannot trust you with things of the Spirit when the word is not abiding in you. When the word is not abiding in you. So you cannot just say that you are in Christ when the word of Christ is not dwelling in you. So, the more of the word of Christ dwelling in you is the more in which you are in Christ Jesus. Or Christ has been formed in you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, maybe for the sake of those online, I wonder if we can clarify, because I know a lot of people summarize, oh, being in Christ as being born again. Mm, yeah. uh, let's, just, let's make yeah, that like, yeah, like I said, this I said, it's different. Mm, yeah. In Christ. In Christ yeah. So, being born again, the day you got born again, you believe the name of Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah. I said that before I even continue. Yeah, yeah. You believe in the name of Jesus. You are ignorant. So they defined it. They said, who are those that are in Christ? The one who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. flesh. Yes. So you can believe in it. You can be born again. Eh? But not believing in Christ. Mm-hmm. Or abiding, the same word as abiding, abiding in Christ. In Christ. Yes, that's it. That's it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There's therefore no condemnation. You know, many times we always say, okay, once you are born again, you are not in condemnation. But you cannot be living a life of condemnation, even after being born again, mm. and say that you are not in condemnation. Mm-hmm. Now, we have seen condemnation only as when you are not feeling guilty. Number one, the fact that you sin and you don't feel bad, that one is a problem in itself. Mm. So you cannot sin and not say there's therefore no condemnation. No, you should feel bad. Mm. I'm afraid of for people that don't feel bad and they'll say that you don't have to feel bad when you sin. What? You should feel bad and that feeling bad is what actually drives you to repentance. Repentance is saying that I will not do it again. Mm. That's repentance. You cannot say you don't feel bad and you will truly, truly repent. Mm. It's a lie. Is a sober heart that draws you to repentance. I like the way Reverend defined uh, condemnation. He said when he says we have condemned something, it means that thing is useless. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but that the way he means that, I was just say, Reverend, calm down, Reverend, yeah. <laughs> Reverend, relax now. 
he said there's therefore no condemnation. This, I'm continuing mm-hmm. for who are in Christ Jesus, for who walk not after the flesh or after the spirit. Mm-hmm. When you say something is condemned, that thing is useless. Mm-hmm. So in other words, God is telling you come out of uselessness. Mm-hmm. Come and be useful. When you see a, a life of condemnation, a life that is not useful to God. Come and learn the life that is useful to God. That's what they are saying. And how to do it that is walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. So the part of us that contradicts God is actually flesh. So flesh must be must die for you to be at peace with God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's quickly read um, Romans chapter 7, verse 7 first. So we know what led to chapter 8. Praise God. I want us to read Romans chapter 7, verse 7. So we know what led to that chapter 8 there. You know, when the Bible was written, it was written in letters. It was because of reference that they put into chapters and verses. Praise God. Let's read. I want to read Romans chapter 7, verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin for. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid. You are talking about the law of Moses here. That the law is not even sin. Mm. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. So, the advantage of the law actually is that man did not know that they had sin. Until the law came. Praise God. So man was running by knowledge. Eh? And they were living their life, feeling that they are okay. Then the law of Moses came, they could not obey it. They did not realize that they had a problem. So man did not even know he had a problem until the law came. Praise God. At least that, that's one advantage of the law. Man recognized the fact that he is weak. By virtue of the law. When God brought the law, they knew that they could not obey. They knew they could not obey the law. Praise God. That was how man started knowing that he is weak. And it wasn't God's intention to actually give them the law in paper. He wanted to write it on their hearts at Mount Sinai. But they ran away from it. Praise God. They ran away from Mount Sinai and told um, um, Moses, that you go to God, you are afraid of God. You go to Him. Whatever He tells you, we will do it. Mm-hmm. They were too confident that they were able to do it. Mm-hmm. But it was obvious that they would never be able to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. It was obvious that they would never be able to do it. So they were not able to fulfill it. So that was when man started realizing that he is weak. And the more man disobeyed the law, the weaker he became. So when, when Jesus Christ came, it was when man had no... He said, well, when we're, we're weak, at the weakest point of man, that's when Christ came. The reason why that happened is that man must know. Man must be humbled enough to know that he needs help for him to be saved. Praise God. Verse 8 says, But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manners of concupiscence. I'm reading chapter 7, verse 8. For without the law, sin was dead. So I didn't know that I had sin until the law came. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. 
and the commandment which was ordained to life. Praise God. I'm in verse 10. Uh-huh. So the law of Moses was actually ordained to life uh-huh. somewhere. I found to be unto death. Praise God. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just, and good. Was then that which is good made death unto me, God forbid. So, the law of Moses wasn't what was death. But there was something inside me that interpreted it unto death. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceedingly what? Sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Praise God. Sold, this verse 14 here. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. Sold under sin. Praise God. For that which I do, I allow not. For that what I would, that do I not. But what I ate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more that I that do it, but the sin that what dwelleth in me. Praise God. So you see how a man got to a place where he started living a life of condemnation. It is not him that was doing it. He wanted to do something opposite. But there was something inside him that opposes the right decision. Uh-huh. Paul was born again here. Praise God. Uh-huh. Paul was actually born again here. But something happened to Paul. He could not help it but do something wrong. Uh-huh. And this is Romans chapter 7. Paul had revelation. Uh-huh. And at the time Paul was writing this thing, he had revs. Even the time that he was having this problem, there was revelation upon revelation upon revelation upon revelation. Praise God. But he was still struggling. Praise God. He was what? Still struggling. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, when you talk about the life of condemnation, when you say a man is living a life of condemnation, he's living a life where he's not using the instrument of God to live his life, which is the knowledge of God. The instrument of God's judgment, he's not using it to live his life. That's a life of condemnation. So, when he's making a decision, like I said, you don't have to be committing fornication. Or adultery. When your decision is not instructed by the instrument of God's judgment, it's still a life of condemnation. Praise God. Praise God the Lord. Praise God. I don't I already ministered concerning the carnal mind is enmity unto God. We can even quote that scripture many times in our head. But to be very since the time we have been quoting it. Mm-hmm. Yes, still have enmity. Oh, still enmity. Okay. 
still have any meeting. We still have any meeting. We have problem. And you need to agree that he has problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. The the major way to be set free is to first your the first starting point of the man is for him to agree that he has problems. If a man cannot agree that he has problem, his problem cannot be solved. His problem can never ever be solved. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise not the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, First Corinthians chapter fourteen. Oh no, is it fourteen? No, um, thirteen. First Corinthians chapter thirteen. Praise God. We've we've been everyone has thought this one, has thought, 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 thought. So we just we just go through it. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Wow. We'll be we'll be dealing with this scripture for the next twenty minutes. Yeah. Praise God. Then we will close. Praise God. Praise God. First Corinthians chapter 13. I'll start from verse 1. So, we have faith, hope, and charity. The peak of charity is peace with God. Praise God. So when a man lives by the knowledge of, of love that is in Christ Jesus, when a man lives by it and lives by it, by the time he finishes that curriculum, he comes to peace. Praise God. That's the only man that can really, really love Christ. That can really love God. Praise God. That's the man that can really, really love God. Yeah. So, I'll read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So, faith, hope, and charity. You start by faith. What did I say faith is? When you are living by the knowledge of God, even though you have your own knowledge, you forsake your own knowledge and live by the knowledge that God is bringing to you, then you are living by faith. So, really, really, what righteousness is, is living by the knowledge that God brings to you or that God reveals to you. Now, that's righteousness. You live by righteousness over time. When you come to hope, you are beginning to see the end. Now, that hope is a driving force. That's why they say, hope maketh not ashamed. Mm -hmm. I've, been, I've been doing something. I don't know the end of it. I don't know the end of it. But I continue doing it. I continue doing it. Then at the point, I, start, I come to a realization. Wow! This is actually the meaning of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. It gives you a drive to do it more. You've not gotten to that place. Mm -hmm. But now have a drive to live righteously more. Or live by faith more mm. than you are in hope. Then you are in hope. Because you are seen and hand. Mm -hmm. Then the man is in hope. 
It's easier to make decisions when a man is in hope. Yes. It's easier to forsake when a man is in hope. Mm-hmm. So faith, hope, then charity. Praise God. Charity is now the definition of the, of the life. Mm-hmm. When a man is already getting there and is already living by it, mm-hmm. and he has stepped into it and started living the life, he is already in charity. Mm-hmm. That life of Christ. Or is in a place where he has love for God. Praise God. Have I complicated anything? So if you check Romans chapter 5, he said, Hope maketh not a shame, for the love of Christ has been shed abroad in our hearts. Praise God. So hope, when a man has hope, he's beginning to see the end point. Ah, and he falls in love. So at hope, when a man is in hope, they started putting the instrument of love inside him. The instrument of love is already started. They started pumping it. It has not come fully, but they started pumping it. They started pumping it inside the man. They started pumping it inside. That's when the man is in hope. Now the image is being built over time. You are beginning to see it. Like when I'm traveling to Calgary now, by the time I'm in Pigeon Lake, the the journey is not sweet, yeah. but by the time I start get, getting somewhere like um, Edre, yeah. when I start getting to a place like that, just twenty minutes away from Calgary, there's one joy mm-hmm. in your heart. Yeah. Even if we're sleeping before, you might not be sleeping again. Yeah. Why? Because you see that the end point is near. That's hope. That's hope. So a man has to continue in righteousness or continue in faith until that image that he wasn't seeing before begins to paint before his eye. Mm-hmm. And he starts seeing it. Wow. Now a man has gotten to hope. Before you know it, when, by the time you get to somewhere like Adrian, eh, you are even you know when you get to somewhere like Adrian, you are even more patient. Mm-hmm. You might not even speed again. Mm-hmm. You are not at haste again. You want to end the journey. You're already excited. There's, 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 there's an excitement there. You calm down. You know? You probably follow all the rules mm-hmm. or on the road. Because you are seeing the end points. You know, oh, when I, by the fact that I'm here, I will get to Calgary. Mm-hmm. As long as I continue on this path, I'm seeing Calgary ahead. Mm-hmm. I'll get, that's the way hope is. So it's easier to forsake mm-hmm. in hope. Praise God. Hallelujah. But let's read. Let's 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 read what charity is. Mm-hmm. Now, to be very sincere, charity, even sometimes, charity, right now, charity is still weighty to me. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. Charity is still very weighty. Mm-hmm. Very, very weighty to me. That love for God, the mm-hmm. demand of love for God. Mm-hmm. Is weighty. Mm-hmm. Because they said, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and neither have come to the house of man. What God has in store for those who love him. So, nobody has seen what God has, has promised a man that is in charity. Mm. That's just what they are saying. Mm. Obviously, eyes have not seen, the heart of man cannot comprehend eternal life. Mm. That's the promise of a man that is in charity. Actually, a man that is in charity, that's what he begins to see. He's seen the promise. He's seen the promise. Remember, I'm teaching about reward these days. 
So I'm just looking at everybody. This God you are teaching. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, by virtue of the path, you are obligated to listen, even if, even if you don't understand. Mm-hmm. There are some of them I don't understand, mm-hmm. but I'm obligated to stay mm-hmm. and keep hearing till I understand. Yes, that's it. Is mm-hmm. is is an obligation. It's an obligation. It's an obligation. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Though yeah. verse one, though I speak with tongue of men and of angels, I have not charity. This is the place where they debunk all your righteousness. Mm. All those things you call your righteousness, they will debunk it here. Mm. It does not, it does not, it does not, it does not hold water. Praise God. All your righteousness here does not hold water. Mm. Those things you call good, it does not hold water here. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, I have no charity. I have, I, have bec- I am become a sounding brass or tingling cymbal. Praise God. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries. Now you'll be wondering, ah, I can prophesy. And now understand all mystery. You know, there was a time that this doctrine of, you know, the the trigonometry of the angels and the kinikon, they are just all, they are just mysteries that (laughs) <laughs> Even though you can be accurate, but it is not necessary. Yeah. What is my own business with the, the four angles of the of the seven throws of of clinical? Yeah. What's my business with those things? My goal is to know Jesus, to become like the Son of God. So you can you can have knowledge of mysteries, but he said, and all knowledge. This one beats my imagination. You say you can have gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, praise God, so that I can move mountain, and I have not charity, I am not sin. So before God, before God, what God uses to judge a man is his love for him. His love for him. When they are judging a man, they are checking how much does this man love me. That's the judgment of God. How much does this man love me? And we can even judge ourselves by it too. By our decisions, we can tell how much we love God and how much we don't love God. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, this one looks so good. And though I give my body to be born, and I have not charity, it profited me nothing. And though I bestow all my uh-huh, charity, suffering, these are the uh-huh, these are the these are the demands of our love for God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse four: Charity suffereth long. Charity is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunted not itself. This one eh, is something that a minister of the gospel sh- even self should be should be very careful about. There was a there was a time the Lord told me that no matter what is happening in your midst, be careful the way you share the testimony. 
you know, sometimes when we have move of the spirit here and you see the result of some things, you just want, you know sometimes when you are sharing with spiritual people, you just want to you know where in the place in the fellowship, in our fellowship, these things are happening, you know, this truly goes one way. Because truly you can be bounty. Mm-hmm. You can actually be bounty. Yeah. You can be bounty, you can vaunt your spiritual work. Even your spiritual work, you can vaunt it. Mm-hmm. Vaunt is you boosting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, you just don't know what the Lord is doing in our midst. Mm-hmm. I just don't like talking because I'm a humble man. Mm-hmm. So I won't see what the Lord is doing. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what the Lord is doing in our midst. God is good. Mm-hmm. You are already vaunting. You already was. Is a charity vaunted not? Charity is not puffed up. Puffed up. Does not behave itself unseemingly. Seeketh not our own. It is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Hey, this one. Let somebody. Is this one is hard to do? You think it no evil. Let somebody do you evil. Then you will know if you think evil or not. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, this thing is not that you are not trying to think evil. It's not saying that try, charity tries not to think evil. When somebody does you evil, charity does not. It does not have capacity to think evil. Charity does not have capacity to think evil. So what they can they can do evil to charity. Mm. And do evil and do evil. Waiting for him to think evil. But he does not have instrument in him to think evil. That's charity. Mm. I was talking about forgiveness one day. I said you must when you forgive somebody, when you see that person, you must be full of joy. Mm-hmm. Praise God. That's what forgiveness. That means you have lost capacity to think evil for that person it's not that you are trying not to think evil you have lost the capacity that's charity mm-hmm. so charity is a work that is done inside you it's a work that god does it's not something you you um you you it's not a make-believe mm-hmm. you don't confess charity you can you know in the world of um milk of the world we encourage confession a lot. Mm-hmm. When it comes to charity, the rest is here, your confession. <laughs> Even you be judging yourself when you are confessing. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Praise on the Lord. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Think it no evil. Rejoice not in iniquity. Praise God. Mm-hmm. But rejoice in the truth. Verse 7. Charity bears. All, all things. What is this you saying that nothing man will do that should make you offended? When a man is in charity, there's nothing a man will do. And we, we can tell from that man at Jordan, that Christ at Jordan. Number one, one of the first, it's not, see, can I very easily with you? If I, at, if I was Christ at this my stage right now, the only person that would get me angry really might not be Judas. Mm. 
Peter. <laughs> you know, have, have you seen this um, um this show called Chosen? Yeah. It's like they painted Peter well. Ah, yes. Very unstable man being. Highly unstable. Peter will have offended me every day. Yes, sir. But he said he beareth all things, believeth all things, openeth all things, endureth all things. Hey! These are the things that they used to test your work for you to come to peace. These are your endurance, your long suffering, your forbearing. Those are the things that bring you to peace. You cannot say you have peace with God and you still have things you cannot bear. That's you still have blame. That means you still have blame inside you. There's still blame. So you have not come to peace. You must be able to bear all things. God cannot leave the body of eternal life of the man that cannot bear all things. It's not possible for God to lay the body of eternal life. Eternal life is weighty. You can't lay the body of eternal life on a, on a man that cannot bear all things. Because actually, all things, all things God. Mm. So this. Praise God. Mm. This. Praise God. All things is all things God. So when they say bear all things, you must be able to bear God. Charity is the shock absorber that when they lay God on a man, he can sustain it. That's charity. He can sustain God. That's the that's actually the real temple of God. He can house God. That means you can bear all things. And you know, sometimes when we are hearing this thing, we're just shaking our head. There are some things that are in the Bible that are impossible. Mm. Because it's in the Bible, it means it's possible. It means it's possible, yeah. Once it's in the Bible, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It means that I'm seeing it as being impossible. Mm. Check the, the book, churches in the book of Revelation. Those were charity churches. Mm. A church said, I know thy works. Mm. I know thy works. Mm. What kind of work is that? That Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, can say, I know, I know thy works. In uh, Matthew chapter uh, 7, there were some people that he said, I know you not. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some people in the book of Revelation that say, I know thy works. Your work, I can see it. It is, it is, it is resonating before me. Mm. Even though it's, they still have blame. Mm. But he said, I know thy works. It was a charity. Mm. He was waiting. They need to inherit him. Mm. These were men that are supposed to inherit God. So he started telling them to those who overcome, 
Will I give? Literally, all those things is God. Will I give God? Will I give the tree of life? That's God. To those who overcome, will I admit to sit on the throne of my father? Even as I have overcome and I sat on the throne of my father, that's God. So to those who overcome, will I give God? To those who overcome, will I give God? To those who overcome, will I give my God? That's what he's saying. That's the book of Re- entire book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Or to those who overcome, will I give eternal life? Mm-hmm. Child, that's all he's saying. Mm-hmm. All those rewards are embodiment of eternal life. So when they say fight a good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life. That's the journey of fight of faith. That's the entire journey of fight of faith. For you to lay hold of eternal life. If you are fighting, then you are fighting to overcome. Or you are just fighting so that you can be beaten. No. You are fighting to overcome. And every man that overcomes the reward is it's not life. Okay. Father Lord, we thank you for tonight. Mm-hmm. We give praise to your name for the teaching you have given us this night. Mm-hmm. Father, we pray. If there's anything we don't really understand here, Father, you enlighten us in Jesus' mighty name. Mm-hmm. We love that you teach us. Mm-hmm. We love that you teach us. Father Lord, teach us more mm-hmm. concerning this life. Mm-hmm. This life called charity. Mm-hmm. This love for God. Mm-hmm. Father, help us Help us. Father, help us, Lord. Help us to bear all things. I want to get to a point that there's nothing the Lord demands of me that I cannot bear. I want to get there. That there's anything the Lord... Because he said my body is light. My yoke is easy. But really, really, when he brings his yoke right now, many times it's not easy to us. But God is saying that it is easy. But right now, anytime he brings it, we are complaining. So obviously, we have not, we have not, we have not reached the level of the kind of man that can bear his yoke mm-hmm. or bear his body. Mm-hmm. Father, help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Mm-hmm. Can we share the grace in fellowship? Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between.